on the block on demand. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. He has a big authoritative voice, so he can't be lying to you, right? And in this case, he is absolutely correct. Welcome back. Welcome aboard. Either way, they're on the block. Let's get it. Getting over that hump, baby. Game night. Syracuse Boston College tonight in Boston. Oh, yeah, must win all that stuff because, well, you know, you want to be 9-9 nine and nine in regular season ACC play while the parachute of the ACC tournament provides an opportunity for the Orange to shore up its resume, maybe another Quadrant 1 win or Quadrant 2 win to add in there. Uh, you don't want to go into the ACC tournament having, must, absolutely have to win two games or three games to feel good about it. And even then... You're still in dicey territory, as we have seen Syracuse kind of run the gamut of these projections. This is the fourth straight year. They've been sitting on the bubble. Only three out of those four years were they even eligible for the tournament. Remember in 2015, by their own hand, self-imposed ban from the postseason anyway. So, Boston College is in front of the Orange tonight. Clemson is in front of the Orange on Saturday. One is a Quadrant 2 opportunity. That would be tonight. Clemson is a Quadrant 1 opportunity Come Saturday. I uh, hope you got a chance to watch. I did a video on Syracuse.com, if you can bear my ugly face for a few minutes. Uh, I did a explainer on the quadrant system. We've been getting a lot of questions about this, and people are still like, well, what is this, and how important is it? And see, that the beauty of this, in a way, is we still don't know. And I guess that's not the beauty of it. <laughs> that's the wrong way to put it. But it's intriguing because, all right, the coaches wanted more emphasis on road and neutral wins which is certainly a fair thing to ask because the committee put so much emphasis on the RPI and not so much on, you know, some modern analytics and Ken Palm ratings and things that are out there that they should. Now, the trick with the quadrant system is it still uses the RPI. Now, other metrics are being at least given consideration in the room, but let's just go over this again briefly so you know the deal, okay? Because what are these quadrants? A quadrant one win means that you beat a team at home that is an RPI ranking between 1 and 30. Syracuse has not done that this year. Buffalo at one time was in that category, but they've since fallen out of the top 30, so they are a quadrant two win. A quadrant one win is also awarded to a team that beat someone on a neutral floor that is an RPI ranking between 1 and 50, or a road win for an opponent that has an RPI ranking between 1 and 75. Syracuse is two of those in the bank, Miami and Louisville. Okay. Quadrant 1 wins are big. Quadrant 2 wins are certainly noteworthy. Here's the problem with Syracuse's resume right now. And I say the problem, and I, I, I almost say that loosely in air quotes, because it's all in the committee. Syracuse is a 2-7 and seven record against Quadrant 1 teams. That's one of the worst of teams on the bubble. But one thing that's really going to hurt them, and where Clemson becomes the big one, not that tonight is not important and something that Syracuse is to take care of business in. Syracuse's record against top 25 teams is one of the worst on the bubble. You know who has one of the best, by the way, on the bubble? Mike Hopkins in Washington, 3-1. and one. Providence is two and three. This is again record against ranked teams. Louisville's one and five. USC's zero and two. Texas is four and six. UCLA is two and one. 
Syracuse is 0-6 against the top 25. Nebraska's 2-4. Washington is 3-1. Now, I went in order there. The last four in right now, according to the bracket matrix, is Providence, Louisville, USC, Texas. The first four out of the tournament right now, UCLA, Syracuse, Nebraska, Washington. As you go through it here, and I'll show those of you that are watching on Facebook Live, which you can do, by the way. We stream on Facebook Live. Just like our ESPN Syracuse Facebook page, and you can see all of our afternoon shows live here in the Inner Sanctum. So see this chart I'm using? Every team on this chart has significant opportunities left to grab a Quadrant 1 win or a significant win. Providence plays Villanova and Xavier. Or they have key wins over Villanova and Xavier. Pardon me. They play Xavier again. Louisville has Virginia and NC State left. Those are two big opportunities. Texas is West Virginia left. UCLA is USC. Syracuse is BC and Clemson. The big one being Clemson, of course. Washington. They've got some rank wins. They really, being Kansas and Arizona, two top ten wins. Those are meaty wins for Mike Hopkins and that team. Oregon State and Oregon. Mm, Oregon will help you more than Oregon State, certainly. So for Syracuse, tonight represents a game that would be a Quadrant 2 win. It would shore up your Quadrant 2 record. Quadrant 1 and Quadrant 2, good. Quadrant 3, meh. Quadrant 4 actually hurts you. If you quadrant 4 wins, actually, a quadrant, just anything in Quadrant 4 really, is a, it, you don't want it. And thankfully, Syracuse doesn't fall into the Quadrant 4 category right now. Jay Billis mentioned this today, too, and I, I just saw our guy Jim CBW tweet this at me, and he makes a great point. Pitt-Notre Dame tonight. Why would we want to watch Pittsburgh basketball at all? Well, Bonzi Colson, remember him? Yep, like preseason player of the year. He's back. He's ready to return. Notre Dame is a bubble team, and if they can somehow scratch it out here and get into this tournament, man, watch out for Notre Dame. If they got Bonzi Colson back and he's not, you know, 75, 80%, like he is playing, he's healthy. He can go out there and give Notre Dame Bonzi Colson things. Notre Dame is currently 17 and 12. They're 7 and 9, like Syracuse in the ACC. They get Pitt tonight, which, you know, that doesn't really help your resume, but Virginia does. Notre Dame goes to Virginia to close out ACC play. And if you can get Bonzi Colson rolling, well, there's another team in the discussion here. So, the question is, what makes Syracuse stand out? If I'm looking at this kind of sheet and I am the selection committee and I've got a you know like an Excel spreadsheet in front of me right now with all these teams and strength of schedule, ratings, percentage, index, ranks, key wins, key losses, games remaining, all this stuff, right? What is it about Syracuse that makes me say them over these other bubble teams? Because they're 0-6 against the top 25. They've got two Quadrant 1 wins. Clemson would be a third and potentially another one or two in the ACC tournament. They do play a lot of close games. They're not getting blown out by anybody. Their strength of schedule is great, which hasn't always been the case, right? Their RPI is 45. That's one of the higher RPIs of these bubble teams. But they still got some work to do. Life on the bubble, kids, where you think you know, but you have no idea. 
Let's see what Drew and Clay, he's got an idea, I'm sure. Drew, what's happening, man? You know, all this bubble talk makes you want to go watch the Seinfeld episode of The Bubble Boy tonight. Absolutely. Come on. Let's you go. Know? <laughs> it's much. Well, we can't watch it anyway, Drew, because Fox is still off my, my local Spectrum cable. I got to get their act together well, there. I missed my Seinfeld reruns. Well, you know what? I don't I don't have that cable company, so we'll leave it at that. But, yeah, it's Moops, not Mars. So, anyhow, moving on from that. Right now, with Miami and Virginia Tech winning this week, that eliminates Syracuse from getting a seven seed in the ACC tournament. So, my question to you is this. SU can fall anywhere between 8th and 11th place. Yep. Even if they win the next two games. In the event Syracuse wins the two games, can they benefit from playing on Tuesday if they're playing Pittsburgh, yes or no? Or do you need to play like a Georgia Tech to get another win? Is Pittsburgh a waste to play on a Tuesday? I don't think you benefit at all by playing Pittsburgh. Now, uh, your buddy Pat would argue with me that wins over teams like Wake Forest or, you know, maybe in Pittsburgh help your RPI, but, you know... I don't think it benefits you at all to play Pittsburgh in the eyes of the committee. It doesn't benefit you to play Pittsburgh in the important conversation. It just advances you to the next round to play a team that is likely going to be either a quadrant one or quadrant two team, hopefully a quadrant one game. But, you know, playing Pittsburgh, if, if that's what it comes down to, I don't think it benefits you at all. Right. I don't think it does. Now, here's the deal. If they're playing Wednesday, they're playing a bubble team most likely trying to get into the tournament. So, right tonight, you got to win your next two games. And if they're playing, here's my question. If they're playing on Tuesday, will Tuesday's win? But if, if they win these next two games in a Tuesday win, would that be enough to get you in, or do you got to win that Wednesday game regardless? I think you got to win the Wednesday, Wednesday game. I'm with you. I think you got to win Wednesday. I, I really do. I think you got to, if you win your next two, you're 9-9 nine and nine in ACC play, you're over the 20-win mark. So let's say Syracuse wins the next two. You're 20-11, and 11, you're 9-9, nine and nine, you picked up a third quadrant one win. That's an impressive win over Clemson, a take-care-of-business kind of win tonight against BC. That's a quadrant two win. Your first-round matchup, and again, the seeding right now is – there's, it's got to sort itself out here over the next couple of games. But I think Syracuse is likely going to play on Tuesday, and that's like a Pitt or a Wake Forest or somebody like that. I think you've got to win that next day to really feel good. To really feel good. And if it's like Miami, it's likely a Quadrant 1 win the next day. And I don't want to speak definitively here because the bracket's kind of – it's it's a fluid situation right now. I think that's the best-case scenario to feel good going in. If you split your last two and do that scenario, I feel a little less confident. If you lose your last two, well, then I think you've got to win three in the ACC tournament. 437-7644 is the phone number. Brent Axe Media on Twitter. So that's the bubble situation. We'll continue to look at that a little bit and kind of weave in some conversation about tonight's game. And really... If Syracuse can get, they don't even have to carbon copy the first time against Boston College. Even if they get like 70% of that, I think they'll win tonight. So we'll discuss that coming up because they've got to avoid the pitfall of what happened in the Duke game. And it's it's on one side of the ball in particular. We'll dig into that next. Stay right there. You're on the block ESPN Radio. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. 
Oh, Carolina had the Carolina Blues last night. Did you see that Miami-Carolina game? Woo! Tyler Ennis style. What a win for Miami over the Tar Heels. And, you know, it all comes down to how this hurts or helps Syracuse, right? Virginia Tech beat Duke the other night. Well, that helped Syracuse, right? Well, not really. Virginia Tech uh, still a quadrant two game. Well, Miami beat North Carolina. That helps Syracuse, right? Yeah, I mean, perceptionally it does, but Miami's already quadrant one win. So there's really not much more it can do other than if you want to play the uh, dot, the connections game. Well, they beat them, so they beat them, and Syracuse beat them, so that means, hey, that makes Syracuse look better. I mean, sort of. But it doesn't definitively help you in the eyes of the committee. It just helps you perceptionally, which sometimes perception's reality, especially this time of the year. Like, look at Oklahoma right now, who is just falling off the face of the earth. I don't care how many Quadrant 1 wins they have. Oklahoma looks like a mess right now. And while you should be fairly judged about four months of basketball, not four days, not, you know, a a short stretch of time, we all know that the committee really pays attention over the last three weeks or so in conference tournaments. And, you know, they're only human. What's fresh in your mind? Who's playing well? right now but you've got to be fair and look at an entire body of work Oklahoma at one time had a great body of work last night they got smoked by Baylor they've lost seven of the last eight games and they seem to be a team that's fallen apart at the absolute wrong time of the year to do it Syracuse at least has been pretty consistent the Duke game hurts but you know it's Duke they lost to Duke A lot of teams lose to top five teams like that, but then Duke loses to Virginia Tech, and you're like, well, what does that do? And it's like, I just, your mind gets warped here. And and we're doing math equations here that we don't have the answers to. You know, the thing about math is it's definitive. Well, this is not a science. It's It's an art in a way. It's a mixture of an art and a science. Well, here's the numbers, but a lot of this is based on what the opinion of the committee is. It's it's the ultimate mixture there. So what Boston College does for you, Well, don't lose that game. It's in quadrant two. BC comes in tonight, having lost three straight. They're sixteen and thirteen. They are eight, or pardon me, six and ten in ACC play. And look, Boston College can score. They just can't play defense. So Boston College plays every game like some of the recent games that Syracuse has seen. North Carolina offensive game, up and down the floor. Who's got the ball last? Kind of thing. Even though Carolina really controlled that game. NC State, same thing. Free-flowing team, offensive team. Speaking of perception, NC State has really turned it on at the right time of the year and now looks like a team that should be in. Syracuse's offense was on the uptick before that Duke game. They were averaging over 70 points per game. They were shooting about 48%. O'Shea Brissett was the center core of that. He was the main reason that Syracuse's offense was as consistent as it was and looked like it was improving. Lo and behold, you go to Duke. O'Shea Brissett goes 2 of 13. Tyus Battle falls off the face of the earth. Frank Howard struggles. You don't get anything from the other four players that get on the court. You score 44 points. Duke has its worst offensive night and still cruises because Wendell Carter Jr. and Marvin Bagley III were terrific inside. Well, BC doesn't have quite the inside game that Duke does. Nobody really does. But they can score. Jerome Robinson, Kai Bowman, Chapman, these guys, you know, nobody takes more threes in the ACC 
than Boston College. And remember, in the first game, they opened that thing up with four straight. Timeout called, Syracuse cheats up the zone. BC still scored, but Syracuse put the clamps down. Not only on the defensive end, but... So I brought this up before we hit the break and teased it. I said, well, you're not going to do what you did the first time around. To expect Syracuse tonight to score over 80 points for every player that hits the floor to play significant minutes to be in double figures, to score 47 points in the first half, to have five players overall in double figures, to shoot 64%, to shoot 55% from three-point range. Those are all numbers and trends from the first time Syracuse played Boston College. Remember, Syracuse had come from a week off. There was just a lot of different circumstances in that game. And Pascal Chukwu and Merrick Doljai combined to go... 26 points, 15 rebounds. Can that happen tonight? Well, sure it can. If you get flowing and the offense is back and ball movement's great and the defense clamps down on the three-point shooters and makes Boston College's life difficult the way you did the first time around at the Dome, then history can repeat itself. But BC can score. They took Miami to the brink, blew a 16-point lead the other night. Even in a loss, dropped 68 on NC State. Notre Dame, they lost to 84-67. So that's kind of interesting given Notre Dame's struggles lately, especially without Bonzi Colson. But with Robinson and Bowman, you just you got to get out on them. you got to contest shots. You can't let these guys get flowing. Chapman hit four three-pointers the first time around. And what you cannot let happen tonight if you're Syracuse is Who's the random guy lurking there that doesn't quite get the attention in the scouting report and comes out and just drops 20 points on you? But to expect tonight, okay, this is why you play the games and all that stuff. You talk yourself into a narrative. You've got to really take a step back and accept that anything can happen. But who, if I handed you $100 out of my pocket and said, I want you to go bet tonight, that O'Shea Brissett, Tyus Battle, and Frank Howard are going to struggle on the same level that they did against Duke, you would be unwise to take that bet or bet on that because the numbers tell you that at least two out of three of those guys will play better. But what I'm wondering is if BC starts hitting threes, how tempted Syracuse will be to kind of go tit for tat there because that's a dicey proposition. Tyus is 4 of 22 in his last four games. O'Shea Brissett was on an up there. The trend, you know, over the last five games is positive, but obviously he didn't shoot well against Duke. Frank Howard, I mean, he can go either way. I'm more comfortable with Frank Howard taking open shots, and he scored 16 of his 18 points in the first half against BC because, I mean, he was just on that night, and BC gave him the lanes to score and gave him open shots. I think they're going to guard him a lot closer tonight. If I had to guess the two out of three, it's it's Tyus and O'Shea. I think BC is going to get on Frank Howard tonight. I think they're going to make, and not that other teams don't try and make his life miserable because they know he's he's playing 40 minutes. He's the primary guy. There's no backup there. He's the ball handler. It's, there's, no, there's no trade secrets here. But I think you got to make choices here, and I think BC... Okay, given the choice, given how bad of a defensive team we are, between trying to limit O'Shea Brissett and Tyus Battle of scoring or trying to limit the guy who gets them the ball, I think you go after Frank Howard a little bit, try and force him into some turnovers. 
Speaking of turnovers, that was a big thing in the first game, too. When Syracuse started cheating up and getting after the three-point shooters, I mean, they re- I, I haven't seen really a game since then, maybe one or two, but have you seen a game since then where Syracuse just cheated up that far in the zone and just left the paint open? You haven't, because that's what BC does. I mean, I have not seen the zone cheat up that far in a game since. Maybe in some spots, but not consistently. And it worked. But the the big thing with that game, again, was, man, Syracuse was white hot on the offensive end. Coming from a game where they scored 44 points against Duke, who, yes, Duke's defense has been better as of late. They brought out the 2-3 zone and, and everything we talked about around that game. but. Is Duke really a special defensive team? No. Syracuse just couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat that night. To you know, here, But here's the thing. Here's what I'm curious about. The self-motivation. It's a 9 o'clock game on the road at Boston College, which isn't exactly the most motivating environment in college basketball. I don't anticipate that place is going to be loud or sold out or have any energy in it from a road environment standpoint of anything, there's going to be a bunch of Syracuse fans there tonight. The Baston contingent. But Syracuse does have to be a self-motivator in this game. And look, if they... Here's what... I didn't even bring this up after the Duke game, but just to circle back on this. I mean, people make stupid comments in, in almost any forum these days. And one of the dumbest I saw was that Syracuse didn't play with any energy. Looked like they didn't want to be there against Duke. And some of these other you know, cliche, ridiculous things that people say when things aren't going well. No, what you saw against Duke was frustration. You did not see a team, I'm not even going to use the Q word because that's ridiculous, didn't want to be there at Cameron Indoor Stadium, the greatest environment in college basketball, No, they were frustrated because they couldn't hit shots. There's a difference between not wanting to be somewhere and being frustrated. So while people are frustrated while watching the games and have this online forum or radio forum to instantly express those opinions, doesn't mean you should, right? That being said, that's Cameron Indoor Stadium. What happens if you come out tonight and the offense isn't flowing and you're missing shots and that frustration spills because you're at Boston College, not the most exciting place to be. But Syracuse knows what's on the line. They can one game at a time and all they want and and spout the cliches. They go out the window now. It's about to flip to March. They know what's on the line. They know what they have to do. While they're focused on Boston College, they certainly know everything that we've discussed here. They're certainly familiar with quadrants and RPI and what Joe Lenardi's projecting today and what these games mean. They know it as well as anybody because they want to play in the tournament. You know, the NCAA tournament, the real tournament for that guy out there. who's was like, well, I, I think it might be better for them to play in the NIT than lose early in the NCAA tournament. That heart, hot garbage that people put out there. That's hot. That's right. That's hot garbage Dumb. is what it is. Thank you, Jim. That's just dumb. Let's take a break on that note. More on this game, bubble watch, and anything you want to bring up. Hey, join the party, 437-7644. If you want to talk some hoops with us, you're on the block, ESPN Radio. Back after this. Thank you. Bye-bye.